Merkel Media. So I was sitting there looking at this thing and I'm thinking, that looks like a freaking werewolf, you know? This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reach my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach us that way as well. Either way works for us. Just get a hold of us. And if you want more shows every week on Thursdays, we drop a member show for members only on the website. And when you become a member, you get access to member only content every Thursday. You get access to the overtime content. You get access to Tuesday shows commercial free. And it's all available to you on an app as well once you become a member. So if you're interested in that, go to the Confessionals Podcast podcast.com. Hit the join button and become a member today. Now, if you want to be prepared and take care of you and your family in case of emergency happens, whether it's a natural weather disaster or total system collapse, go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com because there we have food for you that will last up to 25 years on the shelf and survival gear. So whether it's a natural disaster, you just need some food, or it's a survival situation and you need to make sure you're prepared for that as well, we have you covered at preparewiththeconfessionals.com. I've been talking about it for about a year now or more. I'm telling you, friends, it's something that everybody needs to invest in their future with. You talk about investing in your future in other areas. We'll make sure you invest in your future with preparedness and making sure you and your family are going to be good to go no matter what the situation is. YouTube, friends, we are on YouTube. Still the confessionals. We're actually going to change the name of the YouTube channel to Merkel Media the week that we drop our documentary on Kentucky. If you don't want to miss that documentary on Kentucky, make sure you subscribe to the confessionals on YouTube. Right now, it's called the 
professionals. The week we drop that documentary, we're going to do a whole special event and we're going to change it to Merkle Media. And moving forward at that point, it will be always Merkle Media because that YouTube channel is going to house a ton of stuff that I create, not just the confessionals, not just Legion of Legends, but a lot of things that I'm planning and working on. It's all going to be on that YouTube channel, Merkle Media. But right now, it's still called The Confessionals. Just look it up, The Confessionals on YouTube. Hit subscribe, hit the notification bell so you never miss another thing posted on that channel. Also, speaking of Legion of Legends, we do have an Instagram account now for Legion of Legends. Please go ahead and follow that. If you are following us on Instagram for the confessionals, please head on over to Legion of Legends Instagram page and follow that as well. It's Legion underscore of underscore legends. That's it. I was going to say underscore again, but it's not. Legion of Legends on Instagram. Legion underscore of underscore legends on Instagram. Please go ahead and follow us. I haven't mentioned it in a couple of weeks. I just want to remind everybody we do have a PO box over the past couple of weeks. I've had a couple of people asking for an address to send stuff. And I said, just check the website. It's a PO box number right there on the website. But I'll tell you right now, it's Suite 36188 Glocker Way, Pottstown, PA 19465. Go ahead and send anything you'd like there and we will receive it on our end in a very safe and professional manner. All right, friends, this week we have Josh Turner coming on the show. He is the host of Paranormal Roundtable. And this is a show that's been in the works for, I'd say, at least a year, considering how many people have emailed me, direct messaged me and him saying that we need to work together. People have said to me, you need to talk to Josh Turner. And people have told Josh, you need to talk to Tony Merkel. Finally, after a year or so of that going back and forth with our listeners, we're finally making it happen. So today you're going to hear Josh tell his dog man encounter story. And then we're going to head into overtime with more of a crazy experience that relates to the dog man story because, well, it just gets bizarre. And I know you guys are going to enjoy it. So let's listen to a trailer for the overtime with Josh right now. And then we're going to get into the actual conversation. Let's go. One of the scariest things that ever happened to me, I was on one of the floors, uh, um, and, and I don't remember exactly which one off the top of my head. I, I want to say 11th, but I don't think that's correct. But anyway, I was I was on one of the floors, and I saw the cleaning lady. Um, but I just remember her coming in, and I thought, wow, it's kind of late. You know, she's still here, you know? Why is she still here? And she's like, como estas? Hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Pleasantries. And I was like, you're working late. I told her in Spanish, and she said, si, sí, si. Sí. So she went in to the, uh, the, the, the the closet, you know, with all the cleaning supplies. She goes in there, starts messing around. And, and the, the, here's what's weird. I, I was I was always uh, addicted to reading the Scientific American and Discover Magazine. And they always had those like popular mechanics. They had them out on, on the, and I'd always go to that spot right there. And I would sit there and I would read and I would look at the, at the, the magazine or whatever. And I was like looking at one of them, you know, reading an article or whatever. And I just saw a weird movement, like real quick going like that. Almost like somebody was, you know, and, and so I caught my eye and I was like, I look and I see the door kind of go like open a little bit, you know, just opening slowly. And I'm like, I'm staring at it. And the cleaning lady, it was like, at first she had like, you could see her, you know, her out her shirt or whatever, but her arms, everything was like hairy, like black fur. And I started staring at it and I was like, what the heck am I looking at? You know, and I, I stood up and I was kind of like, you know, trying to make out what I'm seeing here. Tony, what I saw was the creature that I saw when I was 15. 
What was once the cleaning lady had become that. All right, today we got Josh Turner on the show from Paranormal Roundtable. Josh, how are you, man? Good. I'm good, Tony. How about you? Good, man. Listen, uh, we got to get some business done out of the way right now. <laughs> we uh, we spent... We connected about almost two hours ago, and we spent almost an entire hour... In fact, we did spend an entire hour recording. And uh, right towards the end, when we were bringing the ship in for a landing and to dock it, uh, we stop the recording so that you could get a drink real quick. Your voice was getting a little hoarse. And I go to listen back to where we left off so that I knew exactly how to tell you where to pick up at. And nothing was working. The audio, the audio files, all the wave files and stuff were recorded. It looked like it was working beautifully, but no audio. When I would export the file, it would export it as nothing. It was completely empty. When I pick, take that file, put it back in my program, it wasn't showing any audio waves. So I have no idea the glitch that happened there. Uh, but we have to start all over and it sucks. I feel bad. I feel real bad. I'm sorry, Josh. Oh, it is what it is. Like I told you last night, I was on a, a show with DA Roberts on uh, Deuce Hex Machina and we, we had some weird things happen and, and uh, it was, it was, yeah, there was something was going on with the lighting, which has happened before, but then it seemed like there was something that was moving around behind me and people were saying they saw it. Man. I, <laughs> I don't know. When you talk about some of this stuff, it's like something doesn't want you to, to say it. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, but you, you know, it is what it is. That's so. the thing, man. That's the thing. I, I've actually uh, been experiencing some weird things and it just makes you feel like, like you're on the radar or something, you know, and uh, it, it's not going to stop me. It's not going to stop me. I feel like what I am doing with podcasting is something that was a task that was given to me, not something that I just willy-nilly started to pursue. But I think this is something I was supposed to do with my life. So I'm not going to stop it. Uh, and I don't think that my house is haunted, even though there's been some mm. weird things that happened. Uh, I just get the sense that I have a target on my back and uh, makes sense to me. So, uh, you know, we, we even prayed before we started this recording and stuff to, you know, for a hedge of protection and we're, we're just trying to trust in the process and keep doing what we do. Because, um, if, if you retreat and stop when you feel like there's spiritual battle going on, uh, there is no neutral in this game. It's only one gear go forward. If you don't go forward, you're going backwards and that means you're losing. So we, we're not about that life. So we're going to keep going. Uh, So Josh Turner from Paranormal Roundtable is joining us today for the second time, (laughs) but actually the first time. And uh, Josh, I want to just kind of hand it over to you for a second and let you let the people know, you know, where to find your content, what you're all involved in and stuff, uh, because our listeners cross over between shows and we've had several yeah. people reach out to each one of us telling us that we needed to work together. And that's how this all kind of started about a month ago where we reached out to each other because people were saying, you guys got to work together. So here we are. Yeah. Your wish is our demand. So uh, Josh, yeah. where can people find Paranormal Roundtable and kind of plug into the content you create? Sure. Uh, YouTube is my live stream on every Tuesday. It's a YouTube exclusive. We go two or three hours on Tuesdays. And then I drop a Friday podcast um, every Friday. 
and uh, we talk about any any and everything, but it is typically one or two two different subjects, and that's all we focus on. Now, the live stream, it could go anywhere, um, and we'll bring on guests, and we'll bring on people that are going to appear um, in, a, in a later Friday podcast. Like, you came on the Tuesday live stream and, yeah. and talked for a little while, and we're going to do a spot together for my Friday podcast, just like I'm doing your show right now. Um, what happened earlier was really bizarre, you know, um, doesn't surprise me. Um, but it was creepy. It was pretty weird. And and like, it was so weird that like, I, I'm right next door to a lawyer's office. And when the lawyer was walking and I was like, Oh, <laughs> didn't know what that was. Cause I just saw a person and I was like, so yeah, there was some weird stuff that had gone on ladies and gentlemen. And we had recorded for like over an hour and uh, it didn't stick, but you know what? That's fine. I I, kn- I know the stories, and I can go back and retell them. Um, if you guys look want to want to find me, I'm on Facebook. You can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com is my email address. Uh, prtpodcast.com is my web address. Um, you can find me at Paranormal Roundtable group page. If you go to the group page, uh, that's where we drop all the links to the, every show that we do whether it's the podcast show or the YouTube show, and you'll find the links there. And uh, I do a giveaway for ev- to every show I do. Every show I do, I do a giveaway. And so if you go to the link and you leave a comment on there, uh, you can be entered to the giveaway. And it's from for, for books um, from authors like Linda Godfrey, Ken Gerhard. Um, man, I, I tell you, there's so many. Uh, Nick Redfern, uh, Chad Lewis, uh, Lance Trickler, Lyle Blackburn, uh, I can't, I hope I don't leave anybody out. David Weatherly. I have a lot of uh, authors that I've corresponded with and, and I have their books autographed, uh, Barton Nunley. Uh, so, you know, and I also give away PRT merch like this, this, this shirt. I have the, the logos and hoodies. We have caps. Um, and you can also buy those on our website, but I give, I give a lot of stuff away on the giveaways. Um, so if you go and leave a, a, a comment on there, you can be entered into the giveaway and we do that on all of our shows and paranormal Roundtable group, uh, on Facebook. And then we have paranormal lounge, which is my wife's and then paranormal encounters, which is, uh, Tony, uh, it's my godson, uh, and Moshu, who's my part-time co-host. And then I'm admin to several other pages too. uh, dog man, werewolf discussion, uh, with Phil Stern. Then I have a PRT fan page. It was created by Phil Stern and Chris Clough. Um, and then I'm on Paranormal Truckers, uh, Paranormal, or Whisper to a Scream. I'm, I'm, I know there's a bunch of them. But anyway, there's easy, it's easy to find me. Just look me up. You see my big head on there on Facebook. <laughs> and you can find me and uh, send me a friend request and tell me, hey, I heard you on Tony's show and I want to be friends, whatever. And uh, I'll accept your friend request. And so anyway, that being said, uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, some Dogman, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into your Dogman encounter uh, and you're going to kind of just share what you experienced and then the the legends and lore that you kind of uncovered throughout the years in the area you, you grew up in and sure. uh, how it kind of all comes back around. And uh, let's see if we can replicate what we just did because we were hitting a home run, man. We were hitting yeah, a home I thought run. we were doing pretty good. We were rolling, but you yeah. know. I can jump right into it. Um, okay. My dog man encounter. What happened to me was, first of all, I'll start when I was a, when I was a young man. When I was a little kid, I was always told, and my mother was is of Mexican descent, you know, and my dad is is Caucasian. Um, but it, it was I was always told about the hambre lobo or the cadejo, 
And something I didn't, I didn't say earlier, I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'm able to tell you now, <clears throat> my mother was Catholic by birth, but she converted to Baptist um, and then later non-denominational. But we used to go to San Juan down in the valley, in the, in the, in the, the Texas Rio Grande Valley every year. And it was a six hour drive down there, six to seven hours. Um, and it was very boring. But Matia was my mom's aunt. Hova, and she was my sort of like surrogate grandmother, my abuelita, because my abuelita, my grandmother died when I was not even two. And so she kind of took over the mantle on that side as my grandmother. I looked at her as my abuelita. She treated me like I was her grandchild. Um, and I was, I, I like to believe that I was probably her favorite, you know, she really doted on me. And so I, I was, it was necessary for me to go a couple times a year down to San Juan to light candles. Um, not something I enjoy. It's a boring trip. And once you get down past Alice, that shot down the highway is just nothing on either side. I mean, it is just, everything looks the same. It's just miles and miles of Texas, um, just countryside. It's all it is. It's not ugly, but it's not pretty either down there. And that until you get down to the Valley, then the Valley's pretty, you know, but, um, yeah, on the way to San Juan, Matia would always, I, I think that it was by design. She would tell me stories to keep me focused. And so I was hyperactive, had OCD. Um, and so she would tell me uh, about Manos Paludos, which is this story called The Hairy Hand. She would tell me about the La Chusa, La Llorona, uh, Fantasmos. And she would tell me about uh, the El Cocuy, El Chupacabra, all these weird little stories and stuff that they would, you know, they tell your kids. And I always thought this is a bunch of bulls, mentiras, man, a bunch of crap, you know. Um, she so would talk about the Cadejo, which is the black dog. Like there's legends of the black dog everywhere. And then she would talk about the Amri Lobo, which is like this werewolf type creature. Um, but some of these stories, you know, she would tell me they would scare me. And by, by the time we got down to San Juan, I was lighting candles like crazy you know? <laughs> and I was praying and I was like, okay, <laughs> because I, especially the Manos Paludos, the Manos Paludos was the hairy hand, uh, Real quick, I'll tell you this. It's a legend. It, 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 it stems from Mexico. What it was was these bandidos. They were all playing cards together, you know, and the barkeep says, hey, it's time to, to close up. I don't, you know, you need to leave. And they basically pulled the cuarta, you know, on them and told them, hey, you know, you know, you know, like in other words, they pull out a gun, they pointed at him and told him, sit down, shut up and go mind your business. And the barkeep's like, okay. So he lets them sit there and play and keep serving them and course they get baracho teresos you know in spanish they're drunk acting a fool you know and he can't do anything about it and so you know he's tired of these guys terrorizing him so he prays and he asks god to deliver him from these evil men you know so in the middle of the night he hears this loud screaming yelling going on and he sees this hairy hand choking one of them and the there's two or three others that are just standing there in absolute terror and shock and they run out of the of the bar. Uh, and apparently what had happened was, according to one of the witnesses, this is like an urban legend, that they saw these drunk guys dealing cards. And they, there was a pair of hands that were hairy, like a werewolf type hands, you know, and they were sitting there. Uh, it was playing cards with them. And they didn't even realize that they, that they were dealing cards to an extra set of hands. And then eventually wow. the hands attack one of them, the leaders, and chokes him and kills him. Um, or, you know, different versions and ones that tears his throat out. One is takes his eyes, you know, it's just different versions of it. But that story always scared me. And I always thought, man, the hairy hands, you know, and I would, 
even have nightmares. Like my mom would tell her, don't tell him that you're going to scare him. He's not going to be able to sleep, you know, whatever, which it, it happened, you know? <laughs> and then, but you know, I never believed in it, you know, but then when I was 15 years old, <clears throat> there was a tradition in my hometown. We had cop cars on Halloween. And so it was Halloween night. <clears throat> my mother had given me a very generous curfew of 11 o'clock. She knew what a hoodlum I was, and I wasn't going to be home before that. So she was like, look, if you can be home before 11, you're not going to get, you know, I'm not going to go after you, you know? And she, she, at that point, she would still try to spank me, but I was too big. She wouldn't like, cause she couldn't, she would try though. She'd hit me with like literally the chancla. That's a real thing. She would try to hit me with yeah. it and, and chase me around, you know? And I would just laugh at her, you know, and then she would ground me and then that wouldn't work, you know? And so anyway, I didn't want any, I didn't want any trouble. So I said, all right, I told my friends, I got to be back by 11. Well, we got back to his place around 11, something a little bit after 11, but my uh, friend's mother, Martha, she had told me, she's like, she goes, you're in trouble. Your mom is very angry. And I said, great. What else is new? You know? And, and so I said, let me call her and see if I can get a ride. And and so I called her and she's like, what time is it? And I looked at the clock and it was almost 1130. And I said, uh, and she goes, yeah, Jesus, do, do you think I'm gonna give you a ride? And of course she had used some expletives, you know, and she wasn't a cusser really, but she was very, very tired of my crap. And so she told my friend's mom, you tell that pendejo to walk. And so I did. And so I told my friends, well, I guess I'm walking, you know, and, uh, he was nice, <clears throat> good friend. And he told his mother, he said, I'm going to walk him halfway to Henderson's house. Now, the, my friend that was with me, his name was Daniel. And the guy that, that, that we were going to go by the, the house that was, uh, you know, down, down, down between our two houses, his name was Henderson, Daniel Henderson. So we called him Henderson and we called my other friend Daniel. Um, so I, he said, we'll go to Henderson's. And what they did was they worked on bikes, him and his brother, they had a bunch of bikes and so they would repair them. And, and if you had a problem with your bike or whatever, you could take it to them. So they, they always had a bunch of them out by their house. And uh, he stayed in a little house outside of the big house. Cause he didn't get along with his stepdad. And so he always, I could just knock on the door and say, Hey, I'm gonna get a bike. And he was cool. You know, he didn't care. And he was, he'd been running around with us that night too, doing who knows what. So, uh, and it was pretty cool that he had his own little house. So, you know, I, I figured I'd stop by, visit with him for a minute and jump on the bike. I was going to be late anyway. What did it matter at that point? I was already in trouble. And so we, we decided to walk down to the, the down the block to the circle K uh, convenience store. And we went there and I got a snack or something in a, in a soda. I just remember having one of those really big Dr. Pepper sodas, you know, and of course I'm walking up the, up the, to the corner and I'm, complaining about how bad me and my mom is how horrible my life is you know i was like man my mom's always on me blah 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 you know stuff that kids complain about and i get i'm looking down at the ground and i just remember walking up to the corner and my friend kind of putting his hand on my chest and i look up and he was like what is that and i looked and i we see this black first we thought it was a german shepherd and one of our friends in that neighborhood did have a black German shepherd. And I thought that's what it was, but I thought that is no way that that's the dog. There's no way. And I was like, what is that? And so, you know, I, I, I remember too, like kind of getting down, like I was going to call it. And my friend was like, nah, dude, nah, you know? And then he'd already picked up a rock. Cause you know, you see a dog, you pick up a rock. And I was like, I don't think we should throw rocks at this thing. You know, I'm just, I didn't say anything. I was just staring at it. And we were just trying to figure out what it was. So we kind of kept walking and then we see it kind of lift itself up a little bit out of the ditch. It was in a ditch and it was doing something with its, you know, what we thought were paws. And I, and I saw it kind of turn its head sideways and kind of, then it kind of, I think it caught us in its peripheral and it kind of looked 
and it was no dog. It wasn't a wolf. It was huge headed blackish gray, uh, like a smoke gray, like a real charred gray, you know, color. Um, in fact, here it is right here. This is as close of a representation of it as I have ever gotten. And Charlie Perez sculpted this for me. And I'm going to show your audience right now. That's what it looked like. Now I'll close the jaw a little bit. For, for anybody listening to the podcast only, if you want, head on over to YouTube and we have this available on YouTube for you guys for video. So that's what it looked like. And we, 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 we took to calling it the Texas Wolfman because I created an action figure line. And Tony, you know, you have an action figure now. That's crazy. Um, and Charlie will be done with yours soon and he'll send you yours. Right. Yeah. But uh, I created an action figure line and the, this is what we call the Texas Wolfman. Now, the only thing it's so weird because even a forensic sketch artist couldn't to show me exactly what we saw. But Charlie did such a good job on this. The only thing that's a little different is the ears. The ears were, were sort of up and down. And when he told me he could sculpt what I saw, I was like, okay, dude, I, I, you know, people tried to draw it and they never did get it right. But when he laid this in front of me at my friend, my friend Arash has a bar called Spinners and we went there to go eat lunch and I bought Charlie lunch. And I, when he showed me this, it was like, it was unreal. You're sitting there looking at it. You're like, you know, my heart started beating fast. My wife is like, are you okay? I'm like, I did not. Like he didn't show me the final product until he brought it to me. You know, I, I saw it as he was going and I was telling him what it looked like, what I remembered. Um, but that one, that was just, you know, when he showed me that, I was like, wow, that is just too much, man. It is, it, it came out very uh, realistic uh, to what I saw. And that's probably the best. And that's not even a drawing. That's just a, a sculpture. I mean, he, he sculpted that. So the guy did a very good job and you saw the action figure of you. It looks like Crazy. you. It's very uncanny Crazy. how good he does. And, uh, and, the, and so anyway, uh, that, that's, that's what I saw. Um, but it was very weird. You know, when I was sitting there looking at it uh, about, about a block away, maybe a few feet from, you know, the stop sign past the stop sign. And I was looking at this, this thing sitting in the ditch. I saw this i saw like what should have been where the paws were this popped up and it was like you know like hands and like i was saying it was like these little they, it almost looks like uh you have you seen raccoons hands yeah um and now i used to have these raccoons on one of my job sites i own a security company and, and they they would come to my job site and i started feeding one then they brought a friend then another friend so it got a little carried away and i'm like hey things carry rabies you know but you know I would give them cookies and stuff and they would eat them or chips or whatever. And it was fun to mess with them too, because like they would go to this little water uh, puddle and like try to clean it and the <laughs> cookies would dissolve. And then I, I kind of thought that, well, I don't want to do that. Cause that's mean. Cause they, they don't know any better, you know? So I started giving them chips and stuff, but uh, I remember one time specifically looking at their little hands and, and thinking that looks very similar to what the, the clawed like hands look on these things. They they have these weird looking little, except the the the, the claws on this thing was that were more elongated like a man's hands. Um, so I saw that, and I saw when I when I saw that pop up, and I always had really good vision. I can I have a a little bit of a problem seeing close up when I read, um, but I always had really good vision, almost perfect vision. And I remember seeing it, you know, and especially uh, at a distance, you know, far far away, I can see, I can see, I can I can hit a deer at three hundred yards. And so I'm sitting there looking at this thing and I'm thinking that looks like a freaking werewolf, you know, because it had the, the arms out and then it just kind of put them on the, on the, on the, on the pavement and jumped up and was boop, boop, 
you know, uh, ran across the road, you know, on two legs and was out of sight. And next thing you know, I'm looking down and uh, I, I see Dr. Pepper, you know, on the ground and on the bottom of my pant leg. And I see the ice, you know, I'm just kind of staring at it. And I'm going, and I felt like something like kind of a burn on my neck and my shirt was ripped and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? And I look and my friend is like rounding the corner, like going into his house and I'm still in the street like a fool. And I'm standing there and my friend has apologized to me multiple times. He told my wife and my nephews that he always felt bad about running, but I, he tried to pull me, he tried to get me to move. And yeah. I, I wouldn't, I was staring at this thing. Whereas he saw enough of it and was like, I'm gone. Boom. I was sitting there like stunned watching this thing move, you know? And so, uh, yeah, he, he always felt bad about it. He's a preacher now in my hometown and he's got his own congregation and everything. And I don't, I don't hold it against him, but God dang, it was, uh, up to that point in my life, probably the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me. And, and still to this day, probably in the top three of the scariest moments of my life. Okay, let's take a second and talk about a sponsor for today's show, which is Cerebral. Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Listen, friends, this is a company that I was excited to bring on board because I know there's a lot of people out there that need the kind of help that this company offers. So if you're looking for a counselor or a therapist, this is something that can be done at the comfort of your own home. You don't need to go out. You don't have to make an appointment and go to a location, to an office where you have to get comfortable with somebody. It's all done in-house through the computer or the app on the phone, and you can be in a comfortable spot for you to relax and the unlimited messaging with your care team is a huge plus for me in the sense that you can text and message the care team at any time. Anytime you need to talk to somebody, they're right there for you on the app through the phone. It's a huge convenience to be working with Cerebral over the traditional therapy and counseling services that you have to actually go to the location for them to provide you the service. Now, what I really like about this company that really sets them apart from so many others is they're one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. So if you're somebody that is constantly on a rotation with medications, this is a service that will have it shipped right to your door you don't have to worry about missing anything. It's on a schedule and it comes right to your home. You don't have to go anywhere. So between the prescription medication fulfillment right to your door and the therapy and counseling right there online in your home, not needing to go anywhere, Cerebral is the company that I was very excited about offering to you guys here at The Confessionals. And right now for the listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at GetCerebral.com slash Tony. Go to getcerebral.com slash Tony for 65% off your first month. That's just a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. So there was a house on the corner uh, would have been to my left and, and that, that house, the people, it was, it was vacant at that time. It had an eight, an offense around all the way around it. And it was like eight foot tall. And the reason is because they had a bunch of pit bulls and the city was telling them they had to make a fence around their, you know, was basically telling them or they were going to take action and take away their dogs or whatever. I don't remember the whole deal, but they had to build a big fence. And eventually they got evicted and they, they moved out and their dogs were gone or whatever. 
And then it was just a nightmare, all those pit bulls they had right there. But anyways, it was right next to my friend's house. And, uh, when we, when I was walking by, uh, uh, or, or, cause I didn't run, I didn't run to the house cause I couldn't, my legs were like shaking when I was walking by that fence to go toward my friend's house. It felt like I was moving in slow motion. Like you're stuck in mud. Almost like, you know, we have a dream, you know? And anyways, I was walking and I see this thing move very quickly in between the two houses in between my friend's house and that, that neighbor's house. And of course it gets right up to the fence. And I'm like, not, I'm trying not to look at it at that point. I'm trying to walk past it, but I did kind of look over. And as I look over, I just remember seeing like the, 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 like these two toed, the, the, there were multiple toes, but I mean, like there was like this, it looked like a wolf's paw with like sort of elongated toes on it. Um, and it kind of like latched onto the fence. I remember that like specifically, I don't remember like eye color. Um, I was told by the people that saw it with me that saw it through the windows and which my friends, family and my friend that they saw like Amber looking eyes. Um, they also, uh, one of them saw the tail. Uh, I don't really remember the tail or the, or the eyes because I just remember looking like kind of down and, and, and it, it was in my peripheral and I saw the, the, the foot, the weird looking, and I saw the clawed feet kind of go over the, the, the chain link. And I thought, Oh my gosh. And then I looked up and saw like the, like one of the, the which I guess would have been its left pawed hand grabbing the fence. And I thought, is it about to leap, you know, or what, what was it doing? It was kind of like it moved up and down. And I thought it's going to leap over that fence and it's going to kill me and eat me. That was what I, you know, my 15 year old brain was just yeah. ping pong and everywhere. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, and, and of course you're, you're, you're praying, you're, you're doing everything, you know, I don't even, you know, and I just tried to walk past it and and I heard some noises, which to this day, I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't like it was talking. It was like a grunting, growling, whatever. I walked past it and I see my friend's dad out on the porch and he came out and he was like, come on, you know, come inside and tell me in Spanish, you know, andale. And so I started to try to run and all I did was just walk fast and go inside. I, and, and thank goodness I didn't run because that could trigger a predator prey response. And, you know, and I didn't even think about that, but I was just, you know, so scared and I get inside the house and then this thing was kind of stalking around the outside of the house. Uh, it was seen by uh, two, uh, let's see, one, two, three of his siblings. Um, and so you know, I, I, I don't know what, um, their thoughts are, you know, I didn't talk to all of them. Um, a couple of them never wanted to talk about it. His mother really never wanted to talk about it. Although she did tell my brother and a couple of my friends about it before she passed. Uh, my friend's son asked about my nickname one time. Cause his, one of his sons is actually named after me. His name is Josh. And, uh, they call me Wolf. That's my nickname. And, and, uh, I explained to him, me and his dad, how I got that nickname was because I would talk about that incident. Whereas my friend was kind of quiet about it. He didn't like to talk about it because he believed that it was like, you know, you bring on a curse on you, you know, it's like a, a demon, a Diablo, you know? And so for me, it looked very flesh and blood at the time. So I thought that, that just, you know, whatever. And so I, I talked about it. And so I got the nickname of Wolf Boy. They started calling me that. Well, that my investigations into my um, uh, research into this 
phenomenon. These creatures began almost instantly. I went to the library, checked out books, trying to figure out what it was that I saw, read every book I get my hands on about werewolves to try to figure out what it was. Didn't really have much of an interest in werewolves or whatever before that or monsters. You know, it wasn't like I was, you know, wanting to, it wasn't like I had an imagination for monsters or anything like that. You know, no, I didn't. I just, I thought it was, I thought it was a bunch of bull, bull crap. You know, I never believed in it, you know. Um, but after you see it and you experience something like that, then you seeing is believing, you know, and I would sit there for hours in the school library and, and in the public library looking for books about these things and not finding a whole lot, just legends and stories, the, the beast of Jevedon, things like that. Um, never could like really uncover. Well, I, I, I've, I eventually, you know, I just came to terms with it and I said, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. I mean, I should just let it go. Don't ever talk about it. Cause I kept having nightmares for a long time about it. Um, but then in December of that year, now December is very important because over the course of my research into this phenomena, I've noticed that there's a, there's a time corridor there between October to December, October, November, December, October, November, December, October, November, December it keeps coming up. And I noticed that a lot of people see these creatures around those times, in particular in December. Now, what we're going to talk about, it's going to come up again. Okay. Uh, every every year at Christmas time, uh, the the Mexican community and they they make tamales. And my mom told me, you know, go to Bonitos and and get some tamales. And I said, I said, okay. And so I went with my sister's uh, boyfriend at the time, uh, who also had an encounter with one of these creatures. Um, but his was was weird. It was a smaller one, almost like the, uh, the size of a man, you know, not this giant thing that we saw that was seven and a half feet tall. Um, and so anyways, I go to get these tamales from from my, my, my friend's abuelito, his grandfather. And he tells me, hey, mijo, you know, come here back here. You know, and I went back to the back. And uh, he sat me down and he told me, he says, I know that people are calling you a mentiroso. I mean, he's a liar in Spanish, you know, and he goes, and people don't believe you. And Daniel, think you're, you're lying or whatever. He goes, but I'm going to tell you right now, I believe you. And he was one of the first people that, that, that said he believed me other than my sister's boyfriend who'd had an experience with one. Um, and, and so, but it was like, people didn't want to talk about it. Like they didn't want to tell, you know, people because they don't want to be called crazy you know, you're dealing with a small town. Nobody wants to be like, they see somebody and they're like, Oh, look at this guy. You know? I mean, like one of my friends that, that had seen it, you know, people had told him through his face and his own, uh, stepfather was like, you know, you're crazy, man. You know, you saw this stuff, you know, I don't believe you, you know? And so nobody wants to be ridiculed, especially in the early nineties. I mean, you know, nobody's going to, they're not talking about, it. there's not a bunch of books about it either. You know? Wasn't, there wasn't the internet. No one, no interwebs to go look up the, all the mysteries of the universe. You just had to go to the library, you know? And, and, uh, so, you know, now you got like this thing in your pocket that solves all the mysteries and you can just look it up on whatever, you know, and Google and duck, duck, go or whatever. And, and you find all these hits for whatever you need, you know? Well, back then there wasn't that. And so I had absorbed all the information I could over that couple of months, you know, from the time that uh, my incident happened until, uh, my friend's uh, grandfather. Um, now here's, what's weird. He used to work on stones, he used to make jewelry in particular turquoise. He would go to New Mexico and then they would, they would go to the, the, uh, the, the pulga, they called the pulga and spent the flea market. 
and they would go and they would sell the jewelry there, you know, whatever. And so, uh, he had all these like gemstones and things like really pretty. And some of it was very valuable inside of a shed. Now there was another little shed where he used to use to whenever they would barbecue cobrita, which is goat, you know, and they would, they would kill a goat and they would hang it back there. And then they would, you know, it is what it is. It's a small town, you know, and, yeah. and the Latino community, it's just, a, you just do that. You have a goat and you go and you kill it and you, you know, you make it. And sometimes they would have like a hog or they would deer season, you know, and he had a whole place back there where you could take your deer when you were done and you could dress it and, and whatever. So this was the time that this happened, I think was in like November or December um, when this incident actually happened too. So he told me, he said one year, he said, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was really cold one night, you know, and, uh, he was outside and he'd heard, he'd heard a noise or something outside and he thought there was something there, but he didn't really pay attention to it. And he went inside and, uh, he heard it again. And then he heard something like a scraping, tearing noise. And he looks out the, the, the window and he sees these two creatures that looked like wolves on two legs, but with the upper body of a man. And he said that they were very like, you know, like big, you know? And, uh, but one of them, he said was about seven and a half foot tall. One of them was a little over six foot, but it, they were both just like really wide, big, you know, and they were tearing open the shed to where his gemstones and his tools were. And I thought that's weird. You know, like they're, if they're a physical flesh and blood canid upright canid type creature, they're going to probably, go for the shed where people have been going in there and, and dressing their deer, you know, cutting the deer and all that. Why did they not go for the blood? Why did they go for, why were they trying to, you know? And so he thought these guys are guys in costumes or something. They're trying to rob me. But, uh, as a kid, I remember that, um, that shed had like, looked like the incredible Hulk had pe- with, with claws had peeled back the tin on it, you know? Now, if you take a piece of that, it's kind of, it can be kind of flimsy, whatever, but you, you can't roll that. You can't bend it. You can't do anything with that. You can't take your hands. And, and I just remember as a kid, I was jumping on a trampoline and I, and I, the, the, we had like a soccer ball or something. We were bouncing and I remember it fell off and I jumped off and I remember just looking and seeing like this big gash, you know, like these two marks and then like a little smaller one. And then there was like this like the, the, the metal had been peeled back and I remember like touching it and going like, what is that? And I asked my friend and he goes, I don't know. It's been there for a long time. Um, but it was on the shed where he kept his, his, uh, jewels and uh, gems and stuff. So I just thought it was weird. I don't like what could have done that. I always was weirded out by that. So anyway, he tells me, he goes, you know, the, the gash back there, he goes, that was from those, uh, creatures, you know, and, and these monstros, you know, and so he asked me about it and I asked him about it and I said, what did they look like? And he said, well, they had like big tall ears. They had a big muzzle. He described exactly what I saw, except I think he said they were gray, uh, like the color of Timberwolves. And what I saw looked very much like a Timberwolf mixed with a bodybuilder, you know? So the only way I could describe it, um, really just, if you put it in a nutshell, that's just, that's how I can, that's all I could really tell you. It just, it, like I said, it looked like that. And so it was just a, it was just a weird thing, you know? And like he, he said, he goes, I never seen anything like it in my life, you know? And he said that he, he got his gun, you know, and he had one of his older sons, you know, uh, there and they were watching it. 
And he said that when they were starting to tear the metal back, he opened the door and he bang. And he said, he's pretty sure he hit one, but he said that they turned like nothing had happened, you know? And then immediately he's like, dude, their backyard was pretty big too. It wasn't like, you know, you could like me as a six foot four, you know, man, you know, and I'm pretty quick, you know, pretty fleet footed for a big guy. Like, there's no way I am, you know, I could run that fast to get to him. You know, he said it was like almost instantly they were right in front of him. So they went to slam the door and one of them had his, got its like pawed like hand inside of the door and they were like getting it trying to get it out, you know, and then something was slamming against the door. And uh, then they brought, they broke out the window that was right next to the door. It was like a big uh, picture window there or whatever. And he said that uh, they, he went and fired through there and he hit one of them like right here, like in the shoulder. Um, and then the other one had busted the door partway open. And so the, 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 his sons were pushing the door with their feet, like literally, you know, trying to keep it, you know, closed. And one of them was leaning up against it and they pushed furniture up against the door and they stood by the, by the, uh, by the window shooting at, at these things. And um, so this, the, the one creature, you know, it, it took off and was gone. And then they said that, that they looked out the, the window or the, the, the front, the front window, because it was a family of people in the house, you know, and the, the one, they said they saw it go to the right and take off and go down the street and on all fours. The other one though, the bigger one, they said it laid down and crawled like, you know, on all fours, like crawling, up underneath a vehicle and then went across the road like that and went down the, the, the little embankment, like a little hill. And they said it was the weirdest thing they'd ever seen. Um, now that's a, that, that brings like some sort of supernatural element to it. You know, that I, when I told that story on DER, I was not really uh, able to tell the stories in their entirety because, you know, that show is, is geared toward a physical creature. Um, so anything that's considered the woo or, you know, of a metaphysical nature is kind of cast out. So you can't really talk about that, or at least you couldn't at the time that I was on the show. I told this story, I believe in episode 55 or 58 on that show. Um, but anyway, it's really crazy. Like, like what happened? So he told me, he's like, you know, I believe you, you know, and, and I always wondered, like there was damage to the, to that back area back there. And I always wondered like what that was and why that was. And he told me, um, so, you know, I always thought what I had seen was a physical creature, but then more and more stuff started to come to light that made me think that it wasn't a physical creature. Um, I believe I had two other encounters with this, uh, particular one that I saw didn't see it again, but I felt it. And I felt the same exact presence and feeling that I felt. I'm like a, I'm a sensitive, I guess. Um, I've been told that I'm even more than a sensitive by certain people. Like I've had psychic friends that tell me that I am psychic, but I just don't, I don't have it fully open. Um, cause I don't want it to fully open, but, <laughs> um, I could feel the same presence around me in two different occasions in my life. Um, and I can get into that in a minute, but what, what I, I never saw it again. I never physically saw it with my own eyes, but I'm pretty sure that I, you know, I, that I was around it. And, uh, so I always wondered about this, uh, this creature, um, like if it was out there, you know, and other people had seen it. And of course that confirmed that there were people who had seen it. Now, 
there was a story that my friend had told me of when they were, we were all kids and we were like 10, 11 years old playing little league or whatever. Um, and we were, uh, in the same league together and we would practice at these fields called Hidalgo park. And one day they were, they were walking they lived in the South side of Taylor and they were walking home from, uh, baseball practice. And one of them was only one of them had a bike. So he was kind of halfway riding it. You know, he ride real slow, you know, and he said that he fell right off of his bike because he heard this noise coming from the, the Johnson grass it was growed up real high in front of the railroad tracks. And they heard some, some guys speaking Spanish. Well, initial their initial reaction was there's, they're probably drunk and they're sitting there in the, in the, in, in the, the grass, probably drunk. That's why they're laying in there and, you know, they don't want to be messed with, you know? So they started walking faster. And one friend said that they saw movement. And like I said, he said that, he saw this black, like wolf-like dog jump onto the road and he fell off his bike and, uh, they heard Spanish, you know, being spoken. Well, they said that this thing turned and looked at them and it grinned like it literally, I don't know how a canine grins, but it gave like this weird looking smile and they, they were stunned, you know, they were just like, what is, you know, what is, what's going on here? Um, so they thought, oh, it's somebody's dog but it's got a weird face, you know, and it's grinning. And, uh, then two more jumped out of the, of the, of the weeds and were right in front of them. And, uh, now I had only heard part of this story when I was a kid, because I never really wanted to listen to it because he would try to tell me. And as a kid, I just was like, it was creepy, but I also kind of didn't believe it, but I didn't want to, you know, I didn't really want to hear these kind of stories. So I was just like, dude, I don't want to hear that. You know? So I remember I was over at his house one time. We we're having like a sleepover, me and a couple friends, and we were playing uh, Nintendo. And he was trying to tell me about that story about this dog stood up on its hind legs. Of course, I was probably like, I don't know, 12, 13, 14. I remember how old I was. I, th I think we might have been in our early teens or something. And he was trying to tell us about it. And I was like, dude, I don't want to hear this, man. You're trying to scare me because his house literally was haunted. Like there was stuff that went on in his house. I was there one time when his closet door just started slowly closing you know, and it only stopped because it was like a basketball there or something. That, that, and I remember one time too, um, I didn't, I might not have told you this one. We were outside and he had like a basketball court or like a little, like a cement slab, you know, and we were playing. And one time, like my friend threw the ball up or whatever. And the ball just kind of went like that off to the right and like rolled toward the garage. And I was like, Whoa. And we, it was like four or five of us there. We were all like, what was that? Like, that was weird. And my one friend, Jamal was like, dude, your house is haunted. <laughs> and he goes, I know it's haunted. And he goes, why are you always trying to tell us about these crazy things? We don't want to know all this stuff. <laughs> this scary, you know, we don't want to hear all this crazy stuff. You know, like you tell us all this crazy stuff, dude. And so like we were walking home and I remember my friend, JJ, we call him JJ. Anyway, he was all telling me, he's like, man, this house be haunted dog. <laughs> I want to go over there. And so like we were over there playing video games, you know, and stuff. And like, he was telling me about that a dog standing up and, and, and on its hind legs. And I was like, dude, I don't want to hear this, you know? So anyway, after I saw what I saw, I did ask him about it. And finally, uh, I think it was like that year after I saw what I saw on Halloween night, um, on, you know, the 1990, right before Thanksgiving break, he finally tells me, you know, what, 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 you know, what he saw. And so he said that this thing, the, the, the lead dog, the one that was in like in the middle <clears throat> stood up on its hind legs and started to walk like a man. And he said that it literally like kind of did like this weird, you know, and then popped up. And then he said, it just went up 
and just went boop, 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 and started walking. And said it was looking at them the whole time, smiling, like, look at this. And he said it was like it was showing us. And then one of them spoke to the other one in Spanish again, you know, saying, hey, let's go, you know. And they went into the weeds on the other side and took off. And they saw them crossing the field. Of course, these are three little children, dude. They're like 11 years old. They're sitting there terrified. They're going like, what in the heck did we just see? Uh, my one friend verified that the story did happen, but he never would talk about it. Like he doesn't want to, he never wants to talk about it ever. Now, he had a Lachusa encounter that he actually told me about, um, but he would never, he told me and one of my, my friends that works for the show, he told us about that, but he said he didn't ever want to talk about that, that werewolf, what they call it, the werewolf incident. It just, it was scary, you know? Um, but the other two did. Now, my one friend was African-American and his, his uh, grandmother, she told me a weird story. Um, and this is kind of a weird coincidence, too. I'm not a coincidence, but like, do you remember the movie Transformers with Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Um, the one where Wahlberg was in it. And he was like, they, it was filmed in my hometown. And there's a scene where Optimus Prime is literally fighting like that bounty hunter uh, robot. And there was this... Um, uh, scene where him and Mark Wahlberg are like, and he's trying to help prime or whatever, not even probably 40, 50 feet from where that thing was filmed. There's a railroad track right there, you know? And I, I, I see that scene in that movie and it always makes me think like, wow, they were just right there by where this incident happened. There's a place called Taylor cafe right there. And there's a railroad interchange right there because Taylor ships cotton all over the place. used to anyway, not as much as now, um, but my friend's grandmother told us a weird story about how she saw a man laying there drunk with this like flannel jacket on underneath a uh, railroad car. And she went in to get some, some barbecue and she came back out and she was walking back, you know, and she had to walk right by this thing. And what was a man was a wolf looking entity creature with, with, with man like features, but it was, and it was laying there sleeping. And she said it was like the, the drunk guy had become some sort of werewolf. Um, and he was just the, the blank, the, the, the jacket was kind of draped over him. And it was just a weird story. She told me that and she said, she called him the Haints. Now my friends, uh, granny bass used to tell us the same thing. You know, when we'd be on her property, she'd say, don't go down to the holler by the Creek. These Haints are down there, you know? And we had a weird incident happen to us. One time we heard something and we ran, you know, we were trying to catch uh, tadpoles and uh and crawdads and so we we ran and and but anyway i can't say what that was it just we just heard a popping noise um but i i knew that these stories existed but i just didn't believe them you know or maybe i just didn't want to believe them but once that happened i did go to my friend and i did tell him i said hey you know i apologize for you know when you would try to tell me about that you know i just thought you were trying to scare me and your house was already kind of scary anyway and i didn't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? And, and so can you tell me the story? And he did. And then I, my, my friend told it from his perspective, which was basically identical. The third uh, person didn't want to talk about it. And he was like, I don't want to, I don't even want to talk about it. Um, so I respected that. I understand that, but it was just, uh, there was something, um, very, very, very weird going on, you know, and, and with these creatures, um, and, and and there was there were other people that told me their stories. A friend of mine's uh, girlfriend, uh, there was his girlfriend at the time. They're now married, but she had some stuff that was going on right outside of Taylor. It was it was near a little town called uh, outside of Thrall, 
And uh, they had some property out there and they had some animals that were killed. Uh, game wardens couldn't figure out what was what it was. It wasn't human predation. Um, they looked like they had been bitten, sliced up and bitten. And, and one of them was bitten on the back. Um, and it was a, it was a, a cow. Uh, and so it was a very large animal that did it. And the tracks were canine like, um, so that would indicate that it was a predator. And they do believe that it was a, a lone predator too. Wasn't working in tandem with anyone else. Um, they saw it one time out in the field and her uncle actually shot at it. And uh, it just stopped and stared at him from, from you know, about 100 yards. And she was like, it just stared, just sat there. It didn't run away or anything. And so they took another shot at it, and they were pretty sure that they hit it, didn't do anything. And then it just walked off. Okay, for our last sponsor today, we have Simply Safe. And I told you guys before, I got the new wireless outdoor security camera. They just came out with those. And when I saw that they had that as an option for my home security, I jumped on it. I got several cameras for outside my house, and it's like a freaking fortress. So it integrates right into your home security system that you already have for Simply Safe, or obviously for a new one if you're just becoming a new customer. But what's really cool is that no longer are you worried about just protecting your home, but now you have these wireless outdoor security security cameras that can see and reach the entire stretch of your property. So I can literally see every corner of my property and who's coming on my property and who's leaving my property. And what's really cool is that it has a 140 degree field of view. So you have that wide range field of view with 180p HD resolution with an eight times zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces, license plates, and all the critical things you would need to capture as evidence if something went down on your property. And don't worry about at night because it has a built-in spotlight with color night vision so you can see at night, daytime, it doesn't matter. And it's wireless. You don't have to worry about running wires or anything like that. It connects directly to your home security system. It's wireless with rechargeable batteries that are easy to remove. This is something that I thought was a fantastic upgrade for my home security. And I know you're going to think the same thing as well. So to learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com slash confessionals. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash confessionals. Go get your home security system set up and taken care of so that you and your family are safe at night, especially when you're away from the family, you know, they're taken care of back at the home front. So there were all these different uh, people that were telling me stories. Now, here's a weird thing. My cousin, she would be my distant cousin. Uh, she had a uh, situation. They lived in the south side of Taylor, right outside of town. Her um, father was an alcoholic and he was very abusive to her mother. And so one year, December of the year that I saw what I saw in October, um, they decided that they were going to leave. The mother had had enough. He had beat her up. So he, she grabbed her and they took her little brother and they just took off walking into town. Um, pretty good walk, pretty good, pretty good hike. And then to the, to the aunt's house. Well, they got to Mustang Creek. Uh, there's a little overpass, a little bridge goes over Mustang Creek. And, and right there uh, behind there is where the projects from my mother actually grew up. And she would talk about hearing loud howling and weird things at night. 
um, the night that my uncle Paul died, she claimed that uh, she heard howling, you know, that night and he was found murdered in the front yard and they never found out who killed him. They never found the murder. They don't know how, like, like who it was that did it, whatever. And it was very, it was, it always, I think it always bothered my mother. Like to the day she died, she was always just very angry because that was, you know, they were very close. Um, she had, you know, five brothers and sisters, but that was her, her closest confidant, you know, and uh, he was murdered at a very young age at the age of 18. Um, and then thrown in the yard, <clears throat> but she claimed to have heard like this growling and howling noise coming from the Creek down there, you know? So anyway, my cousin, my distant cousin, she was walking across this, the bridge with her mom and, uh, this, uh, she was, uh, uh, her late teens, I believe she's a couple years older than me. So she was probably about 17. Um, this thing crawled up out of the Creek. It was black from what she could, she could tell. She said she saw red eyes had a snout like a wolf and it came up and it jumped up onto the uh, sidewalk. It was like a little sidewalk and you walkway, whatever going across the Creek. And she looked back at the end of it and just kind of stood there built like a werewolf looking just like a werewolf looking creature. And then it began to just run toward them. And they, they were luckily for their, 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 the aunt's house was like close by. So she got, they got to there and it chased them right up to the yard and they went up into the house and they turned around and looked back and it was walking away. Um, that happened in December. Now here's another weird thing. In December of that year, the same year that I saw the same thing, December, um, a guy that I, I met, didn't know this guy from Adam. His name is Phil. He's actually a very, very good guy. He's got a, uh, cell phone repair shop and, uh, he told me a story about him and his friend, Sean, having seen a werewolf um, when we were getting uh, the phone, our phones worked on or whatever. And I was buying a phone from him, actually. Um, and Anthony introduced me to him. And uh, I gave him a business card and it had my information on there. And it has the Paranormal Roundtable logo. And he asked me about it. And I said, yeah, it's my show. And he goes, I see a little werewolf guy here, you know. And Phil's actually half Japanese. Really, really a cool guy. He's a very smart guy. And uh, he says, I think I've seen one of these. And I'm standing there and my wife was with me and Anthony and I'm like, you're kidding. And he goes, no, I'm not. And he goes, I've seen one. Me and my friend, Sean, we saw a werewolf. And he goes, and he, and I was like, what did it look like? We started describing it, you know, and he said that they had seen it. I know exactly where they were at too. Um, and, it, and it's not far from my uncle Butch's farm, you know, which is about a hundred acres of land right there right outside of Taylor. And I thought, that's crazy, dude, where he saw it at, you know, that County road, I've been down that kind of road a bunch. I mean, a lot of times, and, but that makes sense, you know? And then I, he, I said, who, who did you see it with? He said, my friend, Sean, you know, black land guns. I was like, I was like, you know, Sean, like from black land guns. I was like, I grew up with him. And he was like, well, yeah, we were friends. They went to the high school together, but they went to Hutto ISD. I went to Taylor and sean lived in dime box which is like literally right in between smack dab in the middle so you kind of could choose which school you went to so his parents put him in the smaller school i mean i guess that makes sense taylor there was all kinds of crap always going on um so anyway we we me and sean uh i used to go there he had a half pipe you know like a skater yeah like a half you know the, the, like you, the little you know so I, I would go over there and, and we would skate and play and do stuff and hang out. My dad and his family were good friends, you know? And, uh, so we would go over there and, and I always liked to hang out and we'd shoot guns and do all kinds of stuff. They had like four, five acres out there land, you know? And, uh, 
we, it never came up like, and, and, and then he would go by the club every now and then and pop in when I was working downtown on sixth street in Austin, we talked about all kinds of stuff. Not once did the conversation ever come up that we had both seen a werewolf dude. Like it was <laughs> like weird. So then when he shows me, when Phil shows me his friend, Sean on Facebook, I'm like, that's Sean. I, that's Sean. I know this guy, like I've known him for years. So he literally called him up and he said, Hey, I'm here with Josh Turner. Do you remember Josh Turner? He said, yeah. And he's like, Hey, he goes, he has a show and he talks about this weird stuff, you know? And Sean was like, dude, we saw it in December of 1990. And, uh, it was like, I think Sean was like a year older than me. So there, and Phil, I think it was a couple years older than him. So it was like, I, I think Phil was like 18 and Sean was like 16 or something like that. Um, so we're all about the same age. Um, but it was just weird. You know, we're sitting here talking about, you know, it, it's, it's crazy. Like what are the odds? You know, it's weird. Yeah. But so many people though had seen these things and have seen them here in central Texas and around my hometown. Um, you know, it, it, there, there are people who are very open about it and they'll talk about it. And people don't like to talk about it. And I've had people tell me their stories and they say, please don't repeat it. Cause they, I guess they think that there's some sort of curse attached to it because that's the legend. Um, and there's there, the legend, it runs deep. I mean, it goes, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, the, the, that what people believe these things are. Um, so anyway, I've been looking for this thing, you know, or not looking for it, but trying to figure out what it was, you know, for a long, long time. Now, when I said I had two other incidents that, that took place in my life that involved this creature, the first one happened, uh, I think in 19, no, it was 2003. And I was, I was in my house that I told you about Tony that was haunted. That's a whole nother segment right there. Um, and so I believe that this thing found me and, and I believe that it was in my backyard and I was laying there broad daylight, had the jowls door open and the back door was, was, was open, whatever. And, uh, I was sitting there and I could hear like a, uh, a weird noise, like a, like a, like a, I don't know how you call it, like a low hum, like a mm, kind of, you know, and then it stopped. And then I heard like what sounded like someone clearing their throat, but like if a dog did it, I don't know if that makes sense. Like how a dog goes like that, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm laying there on the couch watching TV. Nobody's there. And it was just a nice cool fall night, you know, October, it was in October. And I remember I was watching like baseball or whatever. I, I still remember. And I was laying there and I, I just remember hearing something in the backyard and i thought it's here like i was convinced 100 percent that that creature was there i could feel its presence i could feel it like it connected with me you know and it was like saying you know like not telepathically like i'm having a communication with it but like it was like i'm here i found you and i thought this is i was scared i was terrified i just laid there on my couch and just did not move because i thought that it was in the backyard and I look and I had two dogs. I had a Mastiff. It was 120 something, 125 pounds, give or take any, you know, you know, a few pounds. You know, I think the heaviest he ever got was 130 and he wasn't fat. So he was nowhere to be found. I don't know where he was at. And I was calling him. And then I had a German Shepherd. And I don't know where either one of them went. To this day, that was weird because if something was back there, they'd be all over it. And I, I don't know where they were at. They were just gone. You know, I just, they were just, they, they were nowhere to be found. And so I called them and I just laid there on the, on the couch and I was scared out of my mind. 
And I kept thinking this thing is going to bust through that back screen and it's just going to come in and get me, you know? And I'm thinking, why is it coming after me now? Why now? You know? And, uh, eventually the feeling, uh, got more, it got more intense, but then eventually I just got the courage to get up and I looked out the back door. My whole body was just, you know, tense, you know, and I just closed the thing and locked it for what good it would have done. It's class, you know? <laughs> so I closed it, you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm freaked out. So I got, you know, got a shirt on and took off and just left, you know? And so I don't remember what, I don't even remember what I did. I just got out of the house, you know? And, uh, I always wondered about that. I, th- I always felt like that presence was there, that it was evil, you know, and then, and I'll tell you why I, I ended up believing that it wasn't a physical thing. And I'll tell you that in a minute. The second incident happened in 2008. I was working at a place called Trison. Um, and when I was at Trison, uh, there was a guy, a German guy that was, that was building it. It was a retirement home or whatever. And, uh, I was there by myself a lot and there was nothing but woods around there, nothing but woods all the way around. And, uh, I had a horrific night there one night when I first built my uh, business, I sold my contracts. I sold my, my contracts to, uh, uh, my partner now. And so for about a year, not quite a year, about nine months, I just kind of coasted and just kind of worked posts, you know? And, um, so I was just, I think at that time I was working there just putting in tons of hours. I had nothing better to do. You know, I didn't have a girlfriend or anything at the time. So I was just like, I'm just going to put in a bunch of work, you know? And, uh, I was practically living on post. Like literally I was even showering there because it was like, you know, it was a retirement built, they were building a retirement community home or whatever. And, uh, they had like rooms and showers and stuff. So I would just go in there and shower and I would work doubles all the time. So I was working one of those doubles from the morning until like, it was literally like a 24 hour shift. And, uh, so it was late at night and I was getting really tired and I'd usually not off at some point, you know, find a place to, you know, but not, you know, too far away from the, the doors where I could watch, you know? And, uh, for some reason I felt like there was something that was outside when I stepped outside to do my rounds earlier, uh, I had felt like there was something there, like there was something paralleling me that was in the woods, but I couldn't see it, but I knew that it was there. And as I got closer and closer to the edge of the woods, I felt like it was that creature. It was what I saw when I was 15. It was what was in my backyard in 2003. Um, now I never really, I don't count these as, as dog man experiences, you know, technically because I didn't see it. Um, but I do feel like that that I felt its presence and it was the same thing I had felt back then. Well, in 2008 at that place, I was a hundred percent convinced that it was there in the woods. And I had been at that place for a couple months and never felt anything like that. Nothing. And then one night, boom, it was just like, it was there. Once again, I got this, this feeling in my mind, like I found you. And so I went inside and I locked the doors and I went into the back office at, of the front where the reception areas, there was a back office and I locked myself in that back office. And I just sat there scared out of my mind. And I was very tired wanting to go to sleep, but I was just so scared that I just sat there all night until the morning. And I heard something scrape and bump up against the, uh, the, the wall where the window was at. And so I just kept thinking there's something out there and I just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, please God help me. Um, 
but it didn't deter me from going back to work. Like I took a couple of days off and I just went back to work and I just told myself, I'm not going to walk on the outside perimeter by those woods anymore. And I just stayed inside the building and I just would go around all around the building and look and I wouldn't, and I kept praying to God that I didn't want to look out and see this thing out there, you know? Um, but I did, I do feel like it was a, a spiritual thing that harassed me. Um, and, and, and then in 2019, uh, I went to go visit my friend's uh, dad and his brother, and his brother was remodeling a house that was across the street, which was actually where a person had died. And when we were growing up, supposedly it was haunted. And while we're sitting there talking about it, we hear this loud bang uh, come from the, with what was the master bedroom. We go and look and the sawhorse is knocked over and the, there's, a, there's a, a board laying on the ground. And I was like, that's weird. It just, and it was flat level ground, you know? So we look at each other and he's just like, man, he goes, that's weird. So we walked out and he was talking about, you know, what, what happened when we were young, you know, he goes, remember that thing that you and Daniel brought home? And I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, the, and he goes, yeah, that werewolf creature, you know? And I'm like, yeah, we brought it home, dude. Yeah. And he goes, well, follow y'all or whatever, you know? And he goes, dude, I still, I still think about that sometimes like every now and then I'll, 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 you know, he's like talking about it really. He doesn't, he doesn't never really. And uh, he says, I just, I still, and this is what he said. He said, I still remember walking by the window and seeing like these black vapors coming off the back of its neck. And I was like, what? Like black vapors. Like I didn't see that. I, nobody else said that or said that they saw that. And so it kind of dawned on me that I never really had asked him everything about his, his encounter because he just said he saw it by the window real real briefly. And of course him and our neighbor uh, that lived on the corner, they had measured from, from the ground up to the, where the, the uh, top of the window was where they saw it. It was seven and a half feet tall, um, seven foot five inches. Exactly. Um, from the top of its head, not counting the ears, but like, you know, where they saw it kind of, you know, but I think it was even tall because I think it was kind of ducked down looking in. Now I didn't see it in the window right there where they saw it. I saw it go by, but they, they saw it like right there clearly in the kitchen window now or dining room window. He said that he saw black vapor and I was like, wait, what? Like, you know, what are you talking about? Black? He said, yeah, they had some sort of stuff coming off of its back. It was like black. It was weird. And it was like dissipating. And I was like, you saw that. And he said, yeah, didn't you? And I was like, no, I was like, no, I didn't. I was like, did, 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 did your, your brother see that? And he goes, well, I don't know. I've never asked. And I was like, why didn't you ever tell me about this? He goes, you never asked. And I was like, yeah, I guess I didn't. I never asked that question, you know? Um, I just kind of assumed that we all saw the same thing. And so, you know, here I was doing all this research, trying to figure out what this thing was. And I didn't even ask the people that were closest to me, you know? Yeah. And so I said, that's weird. So I, I did go back and I asked everyone else. No one else saw that. It was just him. But it does beg the question, physical, metaphysical, what are we dealing with here? Now, my friend's mother till the day she died, she thought it was the de- a devil, Diablo or demon. And she told my brother and one of my friends that when we talked about it, we brought it up before she died. Now, here's the interesting thing. My my friend's a preacher now. And uh, he told his son, whose name is Josh, about my uh, nickname or whatever, how he got it. And he told the story about what happened to us that night. And this was the night before we buried his mother. That that, that day was the viewing. And then the next day was the burial. And um, he told that story to about 30 people in his house. 
And, uh, you know, it was just interesting for him to talk about it, you know, and then eventually, you know, he met my wife and he told her the story at my friend's, uh, at my, uh, my, uh, sorry, my nephew's graduation. And, uh, he told her pretty much the same story, you know, that, that I told and, and it, my wife was like, yeah, y'all story matches up. It's from his perspective, from your perspective, you know, and, and, uh, he apologized to my wife once he's like, look, I, I felt bad. I've always felt bad about leaving him when I ran, but he wouldn't move. So, you know, he goes, self-preservation instincts kick in and you're like, look, you know, it's like a horror movie, you know, if, you, if you're just going to stand yeah. there and let Jason kill you, well, I'm going to get a head start while you're being killed. Sorry. Because, you know, in the horror movies, yep. there's always somebody being killed and they're over there going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. While the, while the, the yeah. thing is killing the person, <laughs> then he looks up and it's like, oh, OK, now I got to kill you and you're still here. Yeah. You know, and I guess being a Latino, he was like, goodbye, you know, like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to be the guy that just stands there and waits, you know, cause like, he's like, I'm out of here. You know, um, he always apologizes about that. And I always, I told him, dude, I would have done the same thing. If I, if I, if you were the one just standing there not moving and you're not listening, you're not, you know? Yeah. I mean, he did rip my shirt trying to get me to, to go, you know? And, and I stood there like a, by whistle, as they say in Spanish. Well, yeah. Okay. Goodbye. You know, I'm going to leave. And so I never held it against him for that, you know, but, uh, that was another, another interesting thing that happened to me and Tony, you, we had talked about this. Um, there was a, uh, a place I worked at and on my show, if you go to that, it's called the haunted tower. Uh, I worked there when I was like 18 years old. Well, um, actually let's save the haunted tower for overtime. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, cause it's a, it's a really good story. Uh, speaking of weird hauntings, the light did go out behind you just now again. So yeah, that's weird since that's after everything that's been going on lately. It's right. Been, I don't know what's going on with these things, dude. Yeah. I, I listen, I think that your dog man encounter and how everything kind of came together for you is it's really unique and how you view it. And I, I before we wrap this first segment up, I want to make sure we hit on that because uh, you, you kind of hit on it with the whole idea of metaphysical. Uh, and, and one thing that, that you really kind of opened my mind up to when we were talking about this the first time is how the, like you have a theory as to how these things are metaphysical with as far as, um, I don't want to spoil it, but if you, you know where I'm going, it, like, let the audience know like how you view this whole thing as far as it being metaphysical and how it becomes like this physical in this dimension. Yeah. W one of the things I did on my show uh, was, uh, and I saw somebody actually do this. I can't take full credit for it, but it's something I thought about before. Um, I drew a little stick figure and I drew a circle and I said that, you know, this is Tom, you know, and Tom lives in a two dimensional world. Well, he is not aware of me and you, Tony, like we could take a picture of Tom and, and that circle and me and you, Tony could look at it and anything Tom does, we can see it because we're three dimensional and he's not. So he can't hide anything from us. Right. Well, we're in the third dimension. We're three dimensional beings. And according to the Hadith, which is the book of, uh, it's kind of an esoteric book. It's like a companion to the Quran. Um, there's a lot of books like that, like the Kabbalah is a companion to the, the Talmud or the Torah, whatever, just like the book of Enoch is a, is a book of the Bible. It's not in the Bible, but these books explain a lot of things. And one of the things it says is, and then it does touch on the Quran too, 
they they call them the hidden ones, the jinn, and they say that they live a right angle from a right angle, which is really weird to wrap your mind around. It's like a right angle to a right angle, you know. And so they they exist uh, simultaneously side by side with us, but we can't see them. Now, if you go if you go from the fourth dimension into the third dimension, a fourth dimensional being coming into our world would look completely just bizarre and weird to us. And I believe that it would look like magic, you know, when in fact, I think it's just science. I think that, that, uh, if you were to take Tom's world and make it into a three-dimensional world, like a pop-up book, you know, you could fold it and kind of like bend it and, and turn it and show Tom, Hey, there's more here than there, than just your flat two-dimensional world. Um, we're like ants, you know, if you were an ants, you know, if you look at ants and they say that they, they, they're, you're next to a busy interstate and they built this little ant mound kingdom, you know, they're not even aware that there is a road next to them, much less cars or even people. That's even just weird. There's no way that that ant could possibly comprehend the interstate or whatever. And so, you know, it is the same for us with the fourth dimension. They can see us. We can't see them. They can move in and out of our world and, and become physical in our world and then come out of their world. And so we can observe everything that the two dimension uh, is doing and just as, the, you know, but they can't perceive us just as the third, the fourth dimension can perceive us and we can't perceive them. That's kind of how I feel like what's going on with this phenomena. I believe uh, one of my colleagues, Linda Godfrey, she's written many books about Dogman, and we've had a lot of conversations about it. And she's been on my show and she says that she believes that they come into this world via portals and that they are uh, basically a metaphysical creature that, that, that can manifest in this world as a physical creature. And she thinks that with Dogman and Bigfoot, but she say, she has a theory that the longer that they stay in this uh, world, in that state, they have, they become more physical. They have to uh, sleep, eat, live everything, just like we do. Just as if we were in the spirit, and I have been, because I've actually left my body. I know what it's like. I mean, it's it's weird. You can actually um, see, you know, into the into this into the spirit realm, the next realm over, um, and you can actually observe things that you wouldn't be able to see in the three dimension. And I think that whenever we are in that state, we have to to, to live by the laws and rules of that of that dimension. So the and the longer you stay in that dimension, the more comfortable you become, you know. And I believe that these things know how to travel from their dimension to ours. And and and, and I'm not saying all of them now. I think that there are physical. There is a physical uh, physicality to them, like the cynocephali, the dog-headed people. Um, they they they've talked they're talked about from China to India, you know, all the way across North America that they were a race of beings. Um, but that, that I believe has to do with the book of Enoch and, and the Nephilim. That's a whole nother show. Um, but I do believe that that's where th- there is. And, and if you want one day, I can come back and do a whole show just about that. And I can yeah. give you my research on that. Um, but I believe that's what the, the confusion comes from is, is what, what they are, physical, metaphysical, and how they do what they do and how they manipulate things. Um, and that's what I was going to talk about in the Haunted Tower. Yeah. You know? So, like, I, I find it all really interesting, and I agree that I think that when we when we experience something so abnormal, like Dog Man, uh, everything we hear moving forward along those similarities is Dog Man, and I think that that's a, a misstep on our 
and I think it's it's a natural instinct to do, but I do think it's a misstep because I think that there could be things that people are experiencing in this world that may not have the same origins, but are similar in nature. And if we just overlook it and just call it all one thing, it could actually uh, set us back as to trying to figure out what this was all about. And the whole idea of, of Linda Godfrey and the portal idea and the longer they're here in this dimension, the more physical they become. Like I find that very fascinating. And I think it was like a couple of days after you told me that I was heading to Kentucky and I'm listening to a, uh, a conversation. It, it's more, it, it was more cultural, political conversation, nothing paranormal, but because they were doing, um, because it was the month of October, they're doing like a spooky episode kind of thing where they just kind of have people in studio talking about different things just casually. And so they, they come around to this topic of, you know, paranormal, uh, and they, the guy who they had in studio had done research and things like that. I can't remember his name. He's working for them now. Uh, if anybody, if anybody know, is familiar with the, the, the uh, YouTuber Tim Poole, that's who I'm talking about. It's his, it was his show. Uh, the guy he had on uh, talked about how he was interviewing this one woman who was uh, enrolled in a school of mystery, basically where they teach people how to do witchcraft. And mm. she told him that uh, they would they were taught how to open portals and bring beasts through the portals. And Great. one of the things that he said was that she told him that they would bring in these large, upright walking dogs through portals. And so, like, yep. I, I heard that and I was like, there, there is a, so much more to this topic than just... There was once a dog man who met another dog woman. They had sex and had babies mm, and boom, babies, there's a yeah. whole new race of creatures. Like there's so much more to this. And uh, I think we're just scratching the surface. But um, Josh, man, I appreciate you coming on for this first segment and sharing the people, you know, your experience, how you view this stuff. Uh, sure. Before we get out of here, though, can you let people know again, once again, where to find you and what platforms? Yeah, our website is prtpodcast.com where you can find back episodes, but uh, you can't, I don't think the YouTube's uh, uh, live streams are on there. I think it's just the podcast, but you can find us on several different platforms uh, for the podcast. Uh, most people uh, go to, I think, Spotify or, or Google Tunes and iTunes or whatever it's called. We have a bunch of them. And then we're on uh, YouTube. I'm like you, I have a bunch of different platforms we're yeah. on and then YouTube, we, we have a lot of people on YouTube and then we do the live stream on Tuesdays. And of course, Friday, every Friday I drop a, a, a podcast or whatever. Um, if you want to correspond with me though, join paranormal Roundtable group page, or you can hit me up on Facebook and let me know that you're a listener of the show and that you uh, have uh, saw me on Tony Merkel's show. And if any friend of Tony's is a friend of mine, um, but, uh, yeah. And so that's how you can get in touch with me. And if you have stories you want to share with me, that's fine too. Uh, Tony's got a great show. He's another, uh, uh great, uh, person to come. If, if you're comfortable talking and coming on to Tony's show and you want to talk in person or something, that's great. If you can't, and you just want to do the stories, I'll retell your stories. Cause I, I, that's kind of really my wheelhouse is retelling people's stories. Cause a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about it or they can't, you know, or they just feel it just bothers them, you know, to, to, to talk about it. And so I, I do it. I talk about it and I'll tell you, I'll retell your story. So yeah, that's how you can find me. 
Um, and hopefully me and Tony will be working together some more because I have a ton of stuff I can bring uh, to the table and talk about. And, and Tony's going to be coming on my show and telling about something really creepy that happened to him. I'm looking yeah. forward to that and hearing that story. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to coming on and sharing that story. Uh, and I'll, I'll be talking about a bunch of stuff, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, I really appreciate you coming on for this first segment. We're going to go into the overtime now. So if you're a member, uh, head on over to the overtime section on the app or on the website, and there'll be a whole other hour conversation waiting for you. The Haunted Tower. and Who else knows what we're going to get involved in? But uh, Josh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where, how you share the show. We don't care about that stuff. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. Text it to everybody in your phone contacts. Annoy the hell out of them until they hit subscribe because that's how we're going to build the show is by you guys sharing the show. Thank you very much for being here, listening to the show. And if you're a member, head on over to the overtime section on the website or in the app because there's a whole other hour and a half of this conversation, advancing the conversation, sitting there waiting for your listening pleasure. And everybody else, thanks for listening. And until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. One of the scariest things that ever happened to me, I was on one of the floors, um, and, and I don't remember exactly which one off the top of my head. I, I want to say 11th, but I don't think that's correct. But anyway, I was I was on one of the floors, and I saw the cleaning lady. Um, but I just remember her coming in, and I thought, wow, it's kind of late. You know, she's still here, you know? Why is she still here? And she's like, como estas? Hey, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Pleasantries. And I was like, you're working late. I told her in Spanish, and she said, si, si. So she went in to the, uh, the, the, the the closet, you know, with all the cleaning supplies. She goes in there, starts messing around. And, and the, it, here's what's weird. I, I was I was always uh, addicted to reading the Scientific American and Discover Magazine. And they always had those like popular mechanics. They had them out. On, on the, and I'd always go to that spot right there. And I would sit there and I would read. And I would look at the, at the, the magazine or whatever. And I was like looking at one of them, you know, reading an article or whatever. And I just saw a weird movement, like real quick going like that. Almost like somebody was, you know, and, and so I caught my eye and I was like, I look and I see the door kind of go like open a little bit, you know, just opening slowly. And I'm like, I'm staring at it. And the cleaning lady, it, it was like, at first she had like, you could see her, her out her shirt or whatever, but her arms, everything was like hairy, like black fur. And I started staring at it and I was like, what the heck am I looking at? You know, and I, I stood up and I was kind of like, you know, trying to make out what I'm seeing here. Tony, what I saw was the creature that I saw when I was 15. What was once the cleaning lady had become that.